Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Amen. Church, you may go ahead and be seated. You may be seated. Why don't you thank the worship team right now? I want to say thank you to the worship team. Because uh, here's, here's the deal. These, these folks had to kind of do a last-minute change. Uh, my wife, Sophia, was scheduled to lead worship. And right around midnight, uh, one of our kids decided to uh, uh, get sick. I won't go into details. And in about an hour later, I hear Sophia getting sick. And so I won't go into details there, but we've got, we've got some sick people at home. I've got a bum ankle because apparently it's hard at the age of 34 to walk from your restaurant to your car without rolling an ankle. Um, and so, I mean, I might sit down for five minutes and then you know me, I'll probably stand up. Uh, but want to welcome you to Legacy Church on, on New Year's Day where we combined our services because some of you are overachievers and you're not up all night partying on New Year's Eve. So give yourselves a round of applause for that. For the rest of you, no condemnation, but we expect to see you here bright and early at the 9 a.m. next week. Um, but hey, before we jump into today's message, I do just want to let you know this week we are launching um, all the registrations for Rooted and for small groups. Uh, we've also got a baptisms coming up. There's a lot happening in January. So as you heard in our welcome video, be sure to swing by the Welcome Center. Would you open up your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 13 and I'm so excited because I'm, I'm starting a brand new series today that I believe is going to set us up for uh, as a church where we're headed with our vision series that we're launching on January 29th. Say with me January 29th. Now say with me I'm never going to miss church on January 29th on, in 2023 because that's the most important Sunday of the year. And you'll see why. Anyway, uh, but hey, I'm setting you up for, for what's coming up here for our vision series. By the way, you've now just uh, committed to being here on the 29th. So see what I did there? So you're going to be here. Uh, but I'm so excited because the, the new series that we're launching, uh, I'm, I'm calling it, What If Jesus Was Serious? Like, what if he was serious about the things he said? What if he actually meant what he said? And, and I want to talk about four different things over the next four weeks. I, I think we could be talking about a lot of things that Jesus said, but God's pointed some specific things out to me that I want to point out to you that's going to lead us into our vision series. So the book of Matthew chapter six, and, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. What if he meant what he said when he said, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received, they, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Let me tell you, let me just let you in on a little secret. The way God honors you publicly is based on what you do privately. Okay. Can I tell you something? This is something that I drill into our staff, into our leaders. Whatever we are behind the scenes matters way more than what you see of a polished production on a Sunday morning. Come on. 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, this day, our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, I thank you so much for the moments that we get to share together as a church. I pray, Lord, for every visitor that's in the room, for every guest that's in the room, I pray that they would know that they're loved, that they're welcome. And Lord, no matter where any of us land on our journey of faith today, whether we're starting out or we've been walking with you for a long time, or maybe we're walking with you and now we're facing some challenges and we've got some questions. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every heart today. I'm convinced, God, that you're the kind of God that's willing to meet each and every one of us right where we're at. And so today, as we look to you and your word, I pray that you would illuminate our path. And Father, most importantly, that your son Jesus would be revealed to us, God, in a personal, tangible, life-changing way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, How many of you parents know that um, when you tell your kids to uh, share, uh, it's, it's easier said than, than, than done, right? Come on, you, you know this. How many of you that aren't uh, parents, but you were once a child, you know that sharing isn't always caring, that it is very difficult for you to share. And how many of you know that during Christmas time, uh, and don't be looking at me like, like, like you're too perfect for this or like you're raising too perfect the children for this. How many of you know that even if you gave your kid what they asked for, they're jealous of what their sibling got. Come on. And if that's not your kids, well, God bless you. And you should come over to my house on Christmas morning and teach my kids a thing or two, okay? Um, But I doubt it because you're just as imperfect as I am, okay? And so don't judge me, okay? Uh, But but here's here's the deal. Have you ever walked into a room, you know, Christmas morning, and and they're like, you know, the kids are fighting over a toy or they're fighting over something or arguing over it? Come on, but let, let me, it's my turn. No, it's not. You can't tell me, right? You can't. And then you've got the smart sibling that finally says the key phrase. Well, mom and dad say it's my turn. Come on. You know there's some power when that child hears, well, mom and dad says, right? There's a, there's a difference when they come in their own power, but then when they throw down mom and dad's power, right? And they're like, hey, actually, mom and dad, and if they're really slick and real cool, they, they haven't lost their cool, they haven't raised their voice, they just walk in confidently and they're like, uh, mom says it's my turn, <laughs> right? And it's like the hammers drop. What if we knew that the name of Jesus actually held that kind of power? What, what if we, when we look at this idea that Jesus is powerful, all-powerful, and as it, when it comes to this idea, by the way, today's title of my message is, what if Jesus was serious about prayer? What if he meant what he said when it comes to prayer? Well, in order to understand the power of prayer, we must first understand that there's power in the name of who we pray. And, And what if you and I, like siblings fighting, if you will, 
threw down the hammer and said, well, well, in, in mom and dad's authority, well, in this case, in Jesus's authority, I'm saying this. What if we understood when it came to our marriages, when it came to our health, when it came, and I'm not talking about, you know, name it and claim it. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, but what if our daily lives consisted on the reliance of an all-powerful name and instead of using it like a rabbit's foot or miscommunicating it or underusing it, we understood the power and the weight of the name of Jesus. What if prayer became something that wasn't just misunderstood, misused, oftentimes underestimated? Come on. Or in an intergenerational church like ours, what the older generation does on a Wednesday morning, right? What if prayer was more than just a misused, underestimated tool? What if it truly became the weapon and strategy that it's designed to be that those of us as children of God have in our arsenal? You know, my, my fear sometimes when it comes to the end of Christmas season is one of two things. The high of all your gifts and all your parties is now gone. And now you feel the pressure of what this new year is going to bring and it better be a new me and I better not fail on the resolutions and goals that I'm setting for myself and and my biggest fear along with that though is this is that we missed the why of why Jesus came we just got done celebrating the fact that he was born but do we understand why he was born and as we move into the new year, and even as a church, as we move into what the future looks like and what our mission and vision for 2023 is going to look like, I want to let you know, what if, he, I don't, I don't want to say it in a question, let me rephrase. I want to let you know, he didn't just come just to lay in a manger, but one of the things he came to do was bring his power operating in and through you on this earth. So he doesn't just stay a baby, right? He doesn't just stay this cute little manger scene that we talk about and that we got done celebrating. I want to challenge you today. What if Jesus was actually serious about prayer? What if you and I became serious about prayer? Now, I'm not talking about stoic and, and professional and serious. I'm talking about what if we saw it with the weight that it's due? The good news is that there's benefits to following Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but there's benefits to following Jesus. Uh, if you're a legacy church person, don't let my heavy sermons in the last three months tell you otherwise. There are benefits to following Jesus. It's not always challenging sermons, okay? Sometimes there's benefits to the fact that we follow Jesus and there's good things that come with that. And because of Jesus, we can benefit from certain things that God has for us. So I want to give you three reasons as to why I believe Jesus was serious about prayer and how that should affect our lives. Number one today, prayer taps into power. And I'm sorry, I can't sit for very long. So that was the longest I can, I can do, okay? Um, prayer taps into his power. So Matthew 6, 6 through 8 says this, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret, check this out, will reward you. There's an effect to our 
prayer. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Have you ever turned to uh, natural remedies, um, like essential oils, and kind of gone like, I, I sure hope this works. By the way, I'm not trying to like make fun of the essential oils community, okay? Like, but have you ever been like, well, instead of taking an ibuprofen, you know, because we all know ibuprofen's pretty powerful, you like, I'm gonna go the natural route, and like you take this like, like vitamin with the hope that it works. Um, that was me this week, okay? My wife, who loves the natural way, refused to let me take ibuprofen after I rolled my ankle. She's like, no, no, there's, there's natural ways for us to do this, okay? There's natural anti-inflammatory things that we can rub on there, and, and there's this and that, right? And, and so like, a, like the good submitted husband that I am, because we submit to one another, by the way, um, it, I, I, I gave it a best sh- my best shot. But how many of you know that within two hours of my ankle being the size of a softball and it turning green and blue, blue and other colors I didn't know the human body could do, I snuck some Tylenol and some ibuprofen. And let me tell you, there was some power in that, okay? But how many of us view prayer kind of like the natural remedy, like I just kind of hope it works, but I know there's something a little more logical out there that works. How many of us look at prayer and view it in this way where it's kind of like, I hope that like after I kind of get this right and like, as long as like God sees me the right way and I say the right words and as long as it sounds great and I get the formula right, as if God were this vending machine where you stick in two quarters and two quarters only because it only takes quarters and you've got to press the right combination of B12 in order to get your bag of Doritos and hopefully it's the cool ranch because everybody knows that's what the cool kids eat and, and, and it's not that. What if prayer was truly as powerful as Jesus says it is? What if Jesus was serious when when he says our father will reward us? What What if Jesus was serious when he taught on prayer and essentially told us, hey, those of you that feel powerless, that are powerless, quite frankly, let prayer connect you to the powerful. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Prayer connects the powerless into the powerful. Prayer connects the powerless into the powerful. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I do feel powerless. I don't know about you, but if, if I'm honest, most of the time I struggle with my limitations. Right? I'm very aware of how limited I am because I'm a human, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but there's times in my job where I feel like I'm limited, where I don't have all the answers, where I don't have all the right strategies, where I don't have all the right wisdom, right? I feel like as a father at times, I, I just like sit there and the best I can do is dig my head into my hands and 
Say, dear God, help me. Come on, parents. Like, out there, right? Like, there's times, there's moments where family situations come up where, where, or maybe like in this case, you know, parents, you know this, like when your kid is sick and you feel for them and you literally can't do anything about it. I don't know about you, but I'm very powerless at times. But the good news about Jesus coming to this earth is that he becomes the bridge from the powerless to the powerful. And the beautiful thing when it comes to prayer is that, as Jesus says, it has nothing to do with empty phrases and puffed up phrases that become like a rabbit's lucky foot for us. But I need you to understand as we talk about prayer, and by the way, I just want to let you know, when I opened up the sermon, I had half of you were excited, and the moment I mentioned prayer, about 25% of you went to your phones. It was incredible. You talk about prayer in church, and it's like, oh, great, we're starting the new year, and we're going to talk about prayer. Let me guess, next week he's going to call us to a fast. Yes, you're right, I am. (laughs) So get your McDonald's in now because I'm going to help you out, okay, with your New Year's resolution. Because if you're like any other American, I know what that resolution is. But if you and I don't understand this first point, then the rest of the points are just going to be cute phrases. If you and I don't begin to understand that prayer actually holds power, then there's no point in me continuing this sermon. If you and I continue to view prayer as, a, as, as something that we kind of like try and kind of like, well, we don't really see the results. And so, and I'm, I, I've been there, y'all. Like, I get it. Like, does it actually work? But also, can I firmly stand here and tell you that yes, it does? I was hoping for a better amen than that, but that's okay. <laughs> I think part of the problem is this, is that, is that most of us have got to understand that as humans, there is no supernatural ability to move anything. Yet prayer provides you and I a direct line to the one that moves mountains, to the one that makes ways, to the one who is a miracle worker. And, here, and here's the thing, we love singing those kind of songs, am I right? Like, come on, we're... We're, we're a presence-driven church. We love worship. I get it. Like, and I'm, please continue to be that way. Like, we love singing Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. But can I tell you, in order for him to be a miracle worker, you actually need a miracle to begin with. Yeah. That's right. For him to be a Waymaker, you've got to be at the dead end of that road right. and crying out for a way where there is no way. Right, like if, if he's literally the light in the darkness, we gotta first understand that there's a darkness. Yes. Right, and in that darkness, we get to cry out to a powerful God. And here's what prayer can do. This right here, the moment where we cry out, where there is no way, where there is no, no light at the end of the tunnel, where there is seemingly a, 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 no miracle on the horizon, prayer releases a contradicting reality from the enemy's plans for your life. I'm gonna say it again. Prayer releases a contradicting reality to the plan that the enemy has for your life. 
And I don't know where you stand on your theology with that, so if you're visiting, welcome, but let me just let you know, we believe there is an enemy to your soul. And now, we're not the kind of church that when you get a flat tire, it's the devil's fault, because like, the devil didn't go to Home Depot, buy a bunch of nails, and then spread them out all over the road. Like, you're not under attack if you got a flat tire, okay? Like... But, but we, we, so it's not like we're looking for him under every rock, under every turn. Casper the ghost is not a thing, right? But what is a thing is that there is an enemy and he is out to kill, steal, and destroy you, my friend. And prayer is the weapon that releases a contradicting reality to the enemy's plans in your life. So we've got to understand prayer taps into a supernatural power that we can't hold for ourselves, but we do have the opportunity of working it within us. And here's the beautiful thing. If you were online with us last weekend uh, on the 25th, one of the points that Sophia made in, in, in the sermon that we, we preached together was this idea that, that Emmanuel, God with us, doesn't just want to be with us, but he wants to be indwelling. This is part of that indwelling that power that's operating in and through you. Are you anything like me and do you find yourself constantly struggling with the same things over and over and over and over again? And you're looking to a new year and you're hoping that a date on the calendar will fix it. Now, I don't, I don't wanna discourage you from having a moment where you go, I'm putting a marker but let me just let you in on a little secret. The date has no power. But there is a power within you that you tap into through Jesus that allows you to be able to break free from certain things that, like me, you constantly struggle. Now, there's no condemnation in the statement I just made, but let me tell you, let me say it to you this way. If God is truly a transforming God, then we must be a people that's constantly being transformed into the image of Jesus. Now, let me say it even further, but the only way that this happens is if you and I are attached to the only powerful source that's powerful enough to transform us. The Bible is very clear. All over the Bible, it's very clear that God is powerful, right? All over the Bible, we read in Philippians, we read in Romans, we read in Matthew, we read in 2 Corinthians, we read in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, 1 Peter, Philippians. I mean, Paul writes over and over again about the power of God, yet you and I at times continue to see this idea that connects us to God as this powerless thing. And I want to tell you today, when we talk about prayer, when we talk about this, this uh, spiritual practice that should be a part of our regular day-to-day -day lives, I'm telling you, it's got to be the fuel in your engine. And when you and I operate out of a conversation with God, out of a constant conversation of tapping into his power, into his wisdom, into all that he is, things begin to look different. I, I'm telling you, like, you can spot a powerless church when it's a non-praying church. You can spot a powerful church when it is a praying church. And so 
Church, I'm telling you, nothing that we do this year, and I'm, and I'm so excited because our staff for about a month now, we've been working on what vi- this vision series is gonna look like, what Vision Sunday will look like, and I'm excited. I believe God has spoken very clearly to me, all that stuff, but I'm telling you, it's nothing unless God's power is in it. I mean, you're here today because the power of God transformed your life. I mean, yeah, maybe someone invited you at some point. Maybe somebody broke out the gospel at some point. But the power was in Jesus and Jesus alone. Am I right? It wasn't your friend that invited you to church that saved your soul. Right? It's not the the, the pastor who is trying to coach your marriage that, that restored your marriage. Right? It's not, the, it's not the parenting class that you took that raised your children. No, no. It's the power of the Word of God and who God is through the person of Jesus that has power to transform lives. Amen. And if He's the one making intercession for us, then we must believe that our prayers aren't weak, empty phrases, but they're powerful declarations that move realities. Number two, prayer taps into his wisdom. Dear God, I need this every moment of every day. I'm serious. And, and, and I get that when I say that, most of you are like, you pass it through the filter of, of course, you're a pastor, you're a spiritual leader, you need wisdom. You, and, and quite frankly, Tony, I've seen you long enough to know you need a lot of wisdom sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, thank God for our elders, all right? But, but make this personal to you. Now, according to the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verses 3 to 6, it says, yes. Say it with me, yes. yes. Notice, notice, notice the verbiage here. Yes. Like, it's not a maybe. It's not a if you get it right. It's not for some. No, yes. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. By the way, the book of Proverbs begins that the book of, that, that, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and find the knowledge of God. Uh, please don't go, I'm not done with that yet. Thank you. For the Lord gives, here it is, wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Prayer taps into his wisdom. I, I got to say this. Also, I'm getting a little hot, so, okay. I, I know you guys thought today was going to be a little chill, and some of y'all are still not waking up, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll wake you up here. But we got to understand this. Also, I wore a short sleeve on purpose because it's always hot up here. There is no greater wisdom than the wisdom that comes from heaven above. And I know that for some of you, that's like, duh. Let me explain it to you in our cultural context. Instagram is not wiser than God. Now are we like getting somewhere? Like, let me, let me say it for you this way. Okay. Google is not wiser than God himself. Okay. Okay. I know you all use like, and I'm not like harping on them. Okay. But like, do you see where I'm getting at? The, the pastor that's standing in front of you right now is not wiser than God. That, that celebrity person that you follow and watch all of their Instagram reels and you have no time to pray or read the Bible, but somehow you've got time to watch all their reels, they're not 
more wise than God. In an age of information and knowledge, there is no greater wisdom and understanding and knowledge than he who created understanding and wisdom and knowledge. We got to get that clear. Because the problem is this, we create our own paths that we call wisdom. Wisdom isn't just knowledge. It's not just information. It's not just data. And we get that, right? Like books don't offer us greater wisdom than the book. I also, I just got to make that real clear to you guys. Okay, like, okay, let me just create a parenthesis and offend you for a quick second. Okay. I love that some of you are so academic that you read books. You should. Absolutely. And, and, and this is what I told my wife yesterday. I go, babe, read a fiction book for once in a while. Don't, don't just like educate yourself constantly. But don't read books at the price of not ever being in the book. Like, I just got to, and even those books that are there to try to help you interpret certain things, you still have got to go back to this. Like, this is the true book. Like, this is the wisdom that has come from heaven above. This is the God-breathed word of God. Is that okay to say in church? It is, because it is literally true. Books don't offer greater, greater wisdom. Let me tell you this. Life's circumstances don't offer you greater wisdom than God. Instagram reels, no one. The good news, here's the good news. You ready for some good news? Is that God doesn't hoard his wisdom. Isn't that awesome? God doesn't hoard his wisdom. In fact, let me read to you Proverbs 2 once again. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Prayer taps into heavenly wisdom. Here's a New Testament uh, uh, example for you. In the book of James, chapter one, verse five, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, I'm not talking about the person that you want to elbow next to you. I'm talking about you right now. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God, check this out, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Generously, without reproach. Prayer taps into a generous God that pours out his wisdom without reproach. This is good news, y'all. This is good news because I, 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 this is my fear that sometimes, like me, you choose not to tap into that wisdom, maybe because you're feeling guilty, maybe because you're feeling far from God, maybe because if God only knew what I've done, and, and, and God, I know it's been a long time, and, 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 and like every other prayer sermon I've heard tells me that I gotta first come with thanksgiving, but I actually don't have a thankful heart right now, and I'm just kind of asking without reproach. Like God isn't looking down on you and going, well, you better make this right before I pour my wisdom on you. Like I'm telling you, he gives it generously and without reproach. And I don't know about you, but I need God's wisdom. 
And I know we joke about resolutions and goals, but here's the thing. You're a human being just like me and and you're looking at at a new year and a new opportunity to go, what do I wanna accomplish this year? Can I encourage you, whether those are life goals, whether those are marriage goals, those are maybe a a mission in your heart or a vision for your family or relationship, let, let let me just encourage you that there's a difference between human wisdom and holy wisdom. And that in that search for these goals, I, I, wanna, I just want to encourage you to first ask God for his wisdom. God, what would you have me do this year? God, I, I, wanna, I want your wisdom and understanding that, uh, how to deal with this situation. God, I'm going into a new, new year, but what I really wish is that I was going into a new job. Give me wisdom dealing with this thing at my job. Right? Like, I really wish I was actually going into a new, and, and you, you put whatever circumstances in there. What, what is it that you're wanting to set as a goal, but beyond that and before that, can you tap into God's wisdom? Why? Because praying releases wisdom and direction. Did you know that human wisdom can provide you knowledge, data, perhaps a little bit of understanding and experience, but nothing and no one directs your path the way God does? It says in the Bible that you and I may make our plans, but it is he who directs our path. So there's a difference between worldly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. His wisdom leads us to my third and final point. And that is this, it, uh, prayer aligns us to his heart. And when we tap into his wisdom, we're understanding, God, I want my heart, my will, my mind to be aligned to yours. Let me read something to you. Matthew 6, 9 and 13. What if Jesus was serious when he said, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Notice how it's not, show me how you're gonna provide for me for the next six months. Notice how it's not, show me what the plan for 2023 is for the next 365 days. No, there's a daily dependency on his provision. Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You ever made a decision and then asked God to bless it? Come on. Like, God, this is my plan. This is what I'm doing. And I thank you for giving me this genius mind that came to this amazing decision. Now I need you to bless this decision. You don't need to worry about asking God to bless a decision when he's been a part of the decision-making process from the start. When my heart gets aligned to God and I begin to pray in his will, then I've tapped into a powerful God when I am powerless I've tapped into a wisdom-filled God and now I've aligned myself to his will. I ain't got to worry about whether or not he's going to bless it. But most of us treat prayer backwards. We treat it as 
the emergency button when things aren't going very well for us. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 let me tell you, God's a rescuing God and it's in his nature to rescue you. So again, no, like telling you, I've prayed many a rescue me prayers. Come on, get me out of this bind, Lord. And, and every day I keep digging deeper. So take the shovel out of my hand too, please. Right? Like, I'm just, I'm just being honest, y'all. I'm being honest. Hey, hashtag new year, new me. But how many of you know that there are things in your life that can only change through prayer? Now, I know some of you just misheard me and you just heard, I know there's only some people that can only change through prayer. But if that's you, yeah, you can only change through prayer. Like, how many of you know, there's just certain things in life, man, yourself included, that can only change when our hearts get realigned to our creator. Especially you, am I right? Like, especially you and me. And, and here's the deal. Some of you are sitting here today because you had a matriarch of the family that prayed for you. And my question is, when will you become the matriarch praying for your family? Well, I'm not old enough yet. Are you kidding me? Like, do you not know Jesus? Like, now, hear me, young person, old person, in-between person. Now's the time for you to be the matriarch that they talk about for generations to come. And let it not be said of us, oh, my, when my grandpa died, when my grandmother died, well, that's when the matriarch died. No! If you and I are called to be people of prayer, it means our hearts are aligned to the heart of God, which is a generational heart that says it's on you to carry the torch. And it's on you to now pass it from generation to generation. So some of you, you're here and you're so grateful because grandma, grandpa, great grandpa, whatever, and that's fine. But, and I know that I've packaged it with a little bit of a joke, but don't lose the weight that it's time for your heart to be aligned to God's will and to go, it's my, it's my turn to begin to have a life of prayer that carries generations, that brings back, brings back prodigals back into the house, that causes the, the, the lame to walk, that causes those that had no hope sitting in a hospital bed now be out of a hospital bed walking and experiencing healing and wholeness. Come on. Like, it's not just so-and-so came and then and, 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 and they once prayed for me. No, no, it's, it's you, church. So glad the billisters are here to shout me down. <laughs> Prayer changes you. It transforms you. It gives you his perspective, his eyes, his heart. His heart. You ever heard this phrase, follow your heart? <laughs> Some of you guys are getting really tired of me saying it in that voice. Let me say it this way. Follow your heart. <laughs> my Bible says that my heart is the most deceitful of all. Which means I've got to align my heart to his constantly. There's, man, there's this beautiful hymn that we used to sing back in the day, man. Right? Right? that would say, tune my heart 
to sing thy praise. What happened to a people that are desperate for their hearts, radio station, and sound waves to be tuned to the heart of God? Man, I'm going to get off on a tangent here, and that's okay because it's the first of the year. And like, I love modern worship. I I do, but I'm also kind of tired of the ask, 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 gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy, and no like raising uh, and and praising and like actually placing Jesus where he belongs. And I'm also really, really looking for the next modern writer to write me a song that talks about my heart being aligned to Jesus. I mean, where's like the Keith Greens of the world, right? Like I wanna take your word and, and shine it all around, but first help me just to do it, Lord right? Like, where's those songs? And I believe our, the church, and I'm not being critical of it, just hear my heart on this. We, we can't lose sight, sight of this idea that says we got to constantly be chasing after his heart. Yes. That it can't just be all about me and my will, and God come bless me, and bless my family, and, and do what you will do only for me and me and me. No, it's God what is it that you want from me? And I think the reason why some of us shy away from prayer is because we're too scared to ask God what he wants from us. Right? Because we're afraid of the answer. And I'm going to get real honest with you here. Be careful how you pray because you might just end up the lead pastor of an 82-year-old church in Meridian, Idaho. <laughs> when four years ago, you were just chilling in your pajamas for the first time in after 14 years of full-time ministry, your boy was making a ton of money forwarding emails in my pajamas in the comfort of my home. And I, I, I and also you can't get rid of me now, so so welcome. New year, not new me. But let's not be afraid of what aligning our hearts to God's will will look like. Yeah, it'll be challenging. Yeah, it'll grow you. Yeah, it'll stretch you. Yeah, it'll call you to higher places. Yes, it will call you to refine your character. It's gonna call you to learn new things. It's gonna call you to let go of some old things and look for the new things. It's gonna call you to go, Lord, I put myself on the potter's wheel and I want you to mold me and make me into who I am. You're gonna have moments where you're gonna go, who am I but you, oh God, and you gotta get to that place. I get it, but it's worth it. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing safer than living in the will of God. Now, I'm not saying it looks safe. I'm not saying it's not risky. But there's nothing safer for your soul than to be aligned to the heart of God and his will. And if you're anything like me, the last thing you should do is follow your heart. I'm serious, man. I don't recall. Let me get brutally honest. I don't recall the last time. I made a heart decision that wasn't, that wasn't first aligned to God's heart that went well and didn't hurt other people. I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I followed my heart without first yielding to God's desire that it ended well. So make this year, my friend, the year that you don't just lean on your own understanding 
but in all your ways, you acknowledge him and he will make what? Your paths straight. Come on. And here's the thing. We can be certain that prayer is not just this thing that we're kind of like throwing up out to like the atmosphere to this random thing. We can only rest assured that God is hearing us and that he's there and that he's present, that things will happen when we know we're praying in his will. And I want to challenge you this year to chase after his will. I want to break down the scripture real quick. As, and don't worry, I'm going to begin to land the plane. I'm only one minute behind, but let, let check this out. I told you, not new year, new me. I, I'm always behind. And here's the thing. Jesus is teaching us to first, and we look, we, let's go back to Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Very quickly, I just want to let you know something. When he, what if he was serious when he says, pray like this, our father, recognize his holy name first. Your kingdom come, and check this out. He's teaching us to pray his will, not what we prefer. And if our hearts, guys, can you please put Matthew 6, 9 through 13 up there on the screen for me, please? If we recognize that when our hearts get aligned to his heart through prayer, we've got to accept that that means our wills must be submitted to his will. Okay, so it sounds nice to like align my heart and tune my heart to sing thy praise. And that was cool, Tony. You even cried that, you know, tugged at my heartstrings. But now there's this word that a lot of us hate and that is submission. And let me tell you, when you know his will, you must submit your will to it. Prayer empowers you and I to lay down our preference, lay down our will and understand his will, but also submit to his will. The other thing about aligning our hearts to God's heart through prayer is that now the dependency on him has increased. Now notice here how Jesus isn't going, hey, ask for a month's wages. Ask for a year's wages. Hey, before you sign on the dotted line, make sure you know what the contract is. No, it's give us this day. And some of us have got to learn how to trust in the one that provides for us daily. And this life of prayer will only get stronger as our understanding of his provision on the daily grows. I'm telling you, when we do this, we're going to be certain that we're not just praying to something out there, but things actually begin to happen. And I'm telling you, when things begin to happen, you can't stop a praying church. Do you know how amazing it is when a church starts getting some momentum in this area? And then you start seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. And you start going, oh my gosh, that that stuff that's in the Bible is like actually real and it's for the now. And then people start getting words and then they start getting healed. And then all of a sudden lives are transformed. And and, and it just, it's unstoppable. And we're never going to get there unless we understand the power that there is, the wisdom that there is. And when our hearts are not aligned to his heart, we'll never be able to know what his will is. I'm going to begin to wrap up here. Um, Christian, you can come on up, brother. Um, here's, what I, here's what I want to begin to end. Be, begin to end, okay? 
Are you getting something out of this, by the way? Otherwise, I'll just end it here. Okay, okay. So you're getting something. Can I begin to end? Or do you want me to just end it now? Some of you guys are not answering. Okay. I'll take that as a keep going, all right? If you're going to start the new year, I want to encourage you that there's some, there's some practicality to looking at a new year. And, and, and if you're part of the legacy family and you know that we're looking at what the vision and, and mission for 2023 is going to look like, I, I want to I just let you know, here, here's some practical things. Creating a time and a space for you to commune and relate with God has got to be foundational and the base of everything you do. I don't want to sound harsh with what I'm about to say, but please just be careful to not add a bunch of things to your life. And I mean all areas of your life, relationships, money, bills, schedule, kids' activities, health goals, all that. By the way, all this stuff can be good, but do not be tempted to add all that on top of a foundation that Jesus has not yet built. Okay? Hear me, church. I'm trying to be careful with how I say this. Let's say today you're struggling with some mental stuff and you need to start going and seeing a therapist. And, you know, you, you need to go to counseling or you need to go to a doctor and, and figure out some medication. I'm with you. I'm for you on that. I've been there. All that can offer you some temporary management things. But what's going to anchor your soul is Jesus and he alone. So you can do all that. But without Jesus at the bottom of your... Y'all remember that toy back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, there's a blow-up toy and it was weighted on the bottom and you like punched it, but it always bounced back and hit you. Y'all remember that? Is it just me or did they only have that? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, uh, that's what we need to be. Like, there's gotta be something that weighs us on the bottom, right? So like, when life throws its punches, we bounce right back and just be careful to not add things to something that Jesus hasn't yet been the center of because all of those things will eventually fail you. Even the good, even like the good relationships, even the well-intended therapy sessions, even the, 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 the good sermons, even the, the, even the exercise, even the diet, even all, all that, all that will eventually fail you in a way that Jesus will never fail you. Now, I know what I'm preaching it ain't popular because I know we want a quick fix because I know we want, you know, to be able to just enjoy life and just be happy. And can I tell you, just as we preached, as we looked at, at Advent and we talked about joy, right? And how happiness is fleeting and how without Jesus, there is no lasting joy. It's the same way prayer begins to create a foundation in us that no other added thing can do inside of us. So I want to encourage you. And I, I really, I, I hope you don't walk away feeling beat up today. I hope you walk away going, there's an opportunity for me to tap into something. Maybe you're a person that, that already has prayer as a, as a tool in your tool belt. And, and this is the year for you to increment that in your life. You know, Paul talks to us and says, pray without ceasing. I don't know about you, but sometimes I cease to pray. I could still absolutely talk to God in all moments of my day. 
right? Perhaps today you're going, I've never really had much of a practice in this. Where do I begin? I'm so glad you asked the question. Come back next week because next week we're going to be talking about the how. But as we all look to start this new year, I want to encourage you to look to see what God is asking of you. We must first understand that there's power in him, that his direction and his wisdom are there available to us. And when we align our hearts to him as we cry out, we begin to see his will being fulfilled in our lives. By the way, this is why we have Wednesday morning prayer at 9 a.m. This is why our teams huddle and pray every Sunday prior. This is why throughout the service, you're gonna get at least two to three or sometimes four moments of prayer, right? Because it's not just this thing that you just do. No, we believe that there's power in it. So would you stand to your feet? And I'm gonna end the service here shortly. Maybe the first prayer that you'll ever pray in 2023 this year whether you're in the room or watching online, is a prayer of God. I've never accepted the salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. And today, I wanna accept that free gift of eternal life. Maybe you're in the room today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you're tired of going at life alone. You recognize that you're weak, that you're, you, you're, you're prone to, to make mistakes. You recognize that you're just not enough. I get it. I'm, I'm right there with you. And you're going, today I want to make a decision to tap into the only one that's sufficient, the only one that gave me the free gift of eternal life. Or maybe you've done that before and you haven't necessarily been faithful to that walk and you've walked away and you're kind of like that prodigal son that I mentioned earlier and you're saying, I want to come back home. With every eye closed in this room right now, I, wanna, I just want to offer an opportunity that maybe today the first prayer you pray is that prayer of accepting Jesus in your heart. If that's you, would you simply slip your hand up in the air and allow me to guide you through a prayer? If you're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're online, would you let us know in the chat? There's someone there right now waiting to walk you through that. Would you pray this out loud with me? Would you say, Jesus, I accept that I can't go at this alone and that I need you. Today, I accept your son as my only savior and the Lord of my life. I ask Jesus that you would forgive me of my sin. And make me a new creation from this day forward. Don't ever let me look back again. And teach me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, I want to encourage you towards the end of the service, you can head on over to the prayer corner. Someone will be there to walk you through this. If you did it online, again, let us know and somebody will follow up with you for the rest of us, for the rest of us. Would you simply put your hand on your heart? And I know that when it comes to a sermon about prayer, it hits all of us in different ways. There's different needs that come up, different questions that come up different circumstances that you may be walking in. I just want you to close your eyes as you put your hand on your heart and just begin to think about the needs in your life. 
Think about those areas in your life that maybe came up today during this sermon or maybe even the questions and the doubts that came up. And I want you right there in your own, in your own way, just begin to talk to God about it. We're gonna put this into practice right here. Just in this very moment, just trust that there's power in your prayer. Trust that there's wisdom that's gonna be poured out and trust that he has the ability to align your heart to his. So just right there where you're at, I'm just gonna give you a couple seconds just to pray for yourself. I'm not gonna pray for you. You're gonna pray for yourself right now. Lord, I thank you for this moment. And I pray, God, that you would continue the work that you've begun in all of our lives. Lord, that you'd be faithful to complete it. If anyone here in this room, God, lacks wisdom, let him ask for it. God, if there's been areas of our life where we haven't been aligned to you, God, help us be aligned to you. Lord, if we've cheapened this idea of prayer and removed it from its power, we repent from that and we say, God, refresh us and offer us a new perspective and understanding of the power that there is when we tap into heaven's resources. I bless these people today, God, and I trust, God, that you're not only speaking to them, but you're working in and through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.